For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Kevin Franzen, former big leaguer and current color analyst on the radio for the Philadelphia Phillies out in Philly, about the Giants and the Phillies series this weekend. And of course, Gabe Kapler, another revenge series against his former club, the club that he was fired from a couple of years ago after back-to-back seasons of finishing just under 500 over two years. The Giants are still rolling, one of the best teams in the National League and have been in first place most of the season in the National League West. So they'll put their lineup and their stud pitching to the test against the Philadelphia Phillies. Plus, we can talk to Kevin Franzen about the sticky situation and the new policing of the sticky substances in Major League Baseball. All things we can talk to Kevin Franzen about, who joins me next. Today is Friday, June 18th. Always fun when we can talk baseball with Kevin Franzen, who of course is the radio color commentator for the Philadelphia Phillies out in Philly. Franny, what's going on, man? Haven't talked to you since preseason. How, how, how are the Phillies doing, man? How you feeling this season? Adam, we're as 500 as you could possibly be. <laughs> so then why'd they bail on Gabe? Oh, that was a good one. Nicely done. You know, we're a team that higher expectations and we're proving otherwise. It all comes down to seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and not by the, just the pitching side. The eighth inning, we have like a six, I think it's a six zero one ERA now, which is just brutal. But the amount of mental mistakes, physical mistakes, you know, leadoff walks from pitchers in the seventh, eighth, ninth, the home runs that we give up, that we don't hit. Those are the innings that define the game, and we don't do anything in them. And, and for me, you know, you're only as good as you are in those last three innings. You could be great in this first first six, but what do you do in the last three? And if you continually shoot yourself in the foot, guess what? You're going to lose a lot of ball games, and that's what we have done. You know, when the Giants went out to Philadelphia earlier this year, a lot was made in the Bay Area about the return of Gabe Kapler to Philly and how Philly fans would respond to him. And obviously he was booed. And I remember there was sort of a funny comment from Kevin Gosman, just, you know, how, how dialed in players sometimes are to this stuff or how much they're focusing on their next out. And Gosman said he was walking from the bullpen back to the dugout after warming up and he heard all the boos. And he's like, yeah, I was kind of wondering, what are they booing about? Who are they Who are they coming down on? And didn't really put two and two together that it was Gabe Kapler. Well, now Phillies are coming here. And, and I'm wondering what the thought is. I mean, you hear the sports talk radio stuff. Stuff. You see what's going on in the paper. Are people looking at Gabe Kapler and the Giants like, what the hell is going on from Philadelphia? They're looking at the Giants and going, wow, this is incredible. No one thought this. And then on the Gabe Kapler side, they're going, God, I hate it. I didn't want him to win. <laughs> that's, seriously, that's what it is. It's so personal that like, I, I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, wow, he didn't do anything against you. Like, he's never really – like. He didn't go and bash you. He, he tried to embrace himself in the city. It didn't work. So, therefore, I guess he's really hateable. Anyway, what he's done has been great. But, I mean, it all comes down ultimately with him is to Farhan. All right? And what Farhan has built, he and Scott Harris, I mean, like, they, they're pretty good. Pretty good combo. To me, it's, it's all about depth and what you create and, you know, the diamonds in the rough, obviously. But it's just they have guys, the belief in guys, the, the people that they have around them. To make them better, it makes your manager better. You know, Bruce Bochy's not Bruce Bochy in, in the Bay Area without having the players, right? And having to have the ability to to go and get, you know, bring in Javi Lopez, bring in a Sergio. And you look at it and you're going, dang, it's about the players. It's not every guy is a diamond in the rough. You know, there's some solid ball players on that team that Farhan's brought in. So Gabe Kapler, you know, being able to uh, pick and choose who he wants to play, it helps out quite a bit. 
Well, it's also about flexibility. And first of all, I think Gabe Kapler deserves some credit because it's not like Giants fans when he got here were real excited about him coming to San Francisco, right? It's not like people were thrilled about going from an old school manager like Bochi who could manage between the ears, who would make decisions based on his gut or based on what he felt was the right matchup. And obviously he'd look at numbers, but it's different than what Gabe Kapler did. And I think everybody looks at that opening series where Aaron Nola comes out and he is cruising, he's dealing. But Kapler had made up his mind that he was only going to pitch a certain number of innings. He was going to go through the lineup X number of times. And I think certainly we've seen that evolution this year as evidenced by how he's gone to Tony Disco. And he's let Anthony DiSclefani pitch through the ninth inning on multiple occasions. We saw him do it with Tyler Anderson last season. So I will say I do think that he's he's evolved a little bit. But I think part of this, too, that's sort of funny with the Phillies, and I wonder about this, is when you decided, or not you, but when the Phillies decide to hire Kapler, they're going in on this new style of the new model of analytics. We're focused on on having the computer print out the, the lineups, and I think sometimes that's overstated. But then they went the other way. They went kind of half-assed in on it, and then they decided, well, we're going to go Joe Girardi. We're going to go back to the old-school style manager. So since the exit of Gabe Kapler, how have the Phillies managed sort of the new-school wave of baseball with bringing in a, a guy who was from the old-school way of managing in, in Joe Girardi? Well, they're still really analytical in, in a lot of things. And Joe Girardi is a very analytical guy. So he's always talked about the numbers and, and you know helping out with decisions that are going to be made doesn't define everything but you know it hasn't really changed a whole lot again you have a roster that is built for not a lot of flexibility you bring it up with the giants right what you said we don't have a lot of flexibility there's a lot of just you know guys that play left field a guy that plays right field we have a center fielder you don't have guys that play like all you know your three starting outfielders that can play all center field you don't have that and the same thing goes along with the infield i mean it, what ended up happening, and you could see it with the Giants, is that, like, look, with Crawford and, and Buster, you got two bona fide stars, right, that we've known for a long time, but you have two bona fide defensive stars as well. And you're looking at ours, and you're going, oof, we don't have the defensive stars. You know, up the middle, I mean, with JT, I mean, he might be the lone, lone piece right there as, as far as being that guy. But in the infield, Gene Segura has been playing a, a really good second base for us throughout the year, but he's hurt. Probably on the IL, and and that's not good. Uh, so you're becoming less and less flexible with you know defensive flexibility. We're the worst in in baseball with uh, defensive runs saved. Uh, I don't even think it's close. At one point uh, last week, we we're the only National League team in negative, right? So how are we doing it? Well, I, I, you still don't have a roster that can help you out to do it to go dive completely in. And I think that's the biggest thing with Gabe is when he got hired over here. Yeah, they wanted this one approach, but it wasn't a full buy-in by everybody. And you got to have, like, when you want to go that new wave of thinking and playing and, you know, going about your business, you have to have full buy-in, not three-quarters buy-in. You have to have everybody on board. And I think it even goes towards the broadcaster side. You have to make everything, you know, for everybody pushing in the same direction. And it, it just wasn't that case here. And it's still like a... a you know, with the analytical part, it's still kind of a, um, a fight back because guys don't believe it. You got to have the people that are going to push from the same side of the rope and pull. Sorry, more than anything. And the buy-in, I think, is huge. You mentioned Crawford and Posey, and I think it's pretty clear those guys bought in. Brandon Crawford yeah. changing his stance, yeah. changing the way he stands in the box, changing where his hands are, how he plants his foot, and it has led so far. To the, Buster's the best. approach, like yeah, as far exactly. as how he gets warmed up for a game, using the analytics of through the training side. Right, using the data from the training side, how can we get better this way? How could we utilize you in a better 
a way where you're going to be strong throughout the whole entire game, where you're going to feel warm. You're not going to have to, oh, well, let's not cool down. Let's just get warm, stay warm, play. There you go. And he's like, by the way, I'm going to get every third day off. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this, man. And, and, uh, and I'm going to feel good doing I'll it. And I'm going to be, worry. yeah, and I'll, and I'll lead the National League in vote getting. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. We can't let you go without a thought on what's going on with the changing of the sticky substances in baseball. I don't even know that there are really two sides to this. There's Major League Baseball saying we're going to crack down. We're not changing the rule. We're just now going to enforce the rule. Everybody knows that players have been using and pitchers have been using for 150 years a mixture of something to, to make the ball stickier. Obviously, spider tack is a totally different substance and it's become more prevalent. But I'm wondering from your perspective, I want to ask you first as a hitter, because you hear so many hitters, and I heard Pete Alonso have a statement like this a couple of weeks ago, and we saw how scary it was for Kevin Pillar to get hit in the face, and nobody wants to see that happen. Pete Alonso said, look, I feel more comfortable if these guys had more grip because of how hard they're throwing. I want them to have the control that they need to have in order to put the ball over the plate and not injure anybody. Do people talk about that a lot? Is that something that, that hitters are genuinely afraid of? And, and it's different, I think, for major leaguers and for guys who like played high school baseball or college baseball. Nobody's throwing as hard at that level as they are in the bigs. Is that something you talked about a lot as a big leaguer? Only in the cold weather because it already feels like a cue ball in cold weather, so you want to have a little bit of grip. Pete Alonso has said some stupid things over the past. I don't know if I want to listen to him and, and you know, heed his advice on the whole thing. Sunscreen rosin is not trying to manipulate the spin on the ball. It is literally a control thing. All the data has all said it, too. Like, you have guys that could get off, you know, sunscreen rosin, and what? Their spin rate will stay the same. Everything will stay the same. Control might not be there. But when you go into spider tech and you're getting into like there's other mixtures and, and, and stuff that are the you know, guys have talked about pelican grip being one of them there's just tons when you add let's just say a minimum of 100 rpms on your fastball when your 92 now looks night looks it is still 92 but it looks 98 96 you think you'd want that absolutely when you have these increases of like 400, 500 RPMs on your fastball, good God. As a hitter, people go, oh, that's got good life, good carry. You hear all that all the time from the old school guys. That's just the spin. So you add in 500 RPMs on that fastball, that, that ball that looks like it's going straight in the dirt, that's a fastball, it just like, looks like, and then you say, oh, man, that hovered. It felt like it just went to the ground and went whoop right up to the catcher's mitt. That's spin rate. And when you get guys that could throw, you know, like, what, 2,500 RPM with a fastball to 2,800. Some guys are up in the 3,000. You're going, oh, God. So is sunscreen rosin doing that? No. Spider attack doing that? Absolutely. Proven. We have all the proof in the world. Major League Baseball saying no on the sunscreen rosin thing just absolutely blows my mind. It's going to get into a tricky situation, too. It's going to be a hot, sunny day in any place, right? doesn't matter what city it is. Guys want to apply sunscreen just to do it so you're going to pop them for that what if they're not even using it like they're just they have it on their arms they're not, they're not even using it right so you're getting into these things you're going you just completely took it away tyler glass now now you want to talk about listening and, and the advice of someone listen to a pitcher he wasn't saying oh no no we don't use no he goes i use it i use sunscreen and rosin he goes do i do it for extra spin no i got big old hands i don't need any extra spin i already throw hard enough i have enough spin on it and he throws his outing against the Nationals. It, he said the best outing of the year without it. And guess what? The next day he was hurt. And it's not good for the game that that guy is hurt. The way that he spoke about it, it's not Pete Alonso's, 
oh, well, Major League Baseball is manipulating the ball based on free agency class. Like, shut up, dude. Like, just save your comments. Like, just get on the same page as everybody. Major League Baseball has got to take this and understand that this is a, should be a one-time thing. They should define it a little bit better. And by the way, it's been going on for a while. Why do you do it during the middle of the season? Why? Because of pushback. And, I, and I, it, clearly that is the issue here is that the story has become so big that it's become almost the biggest story. Offense is down. It, it's tilted the game too much in the favor of the pitcher. And so baseball felt that they had to crack down on this. And so maybe this is an overcorrection. And I do believe we're going to come back to something like the the sunscreen and rosin where they're going to say, okay, if we can prove that this is what guys are using and not the spider tech, to your point, that's not going to boost RPM, then we're going to have to allow it. Or baseball is going to have to come up with some substance. And I don't really trust baseball to do it. I'd trust a, a mixture of baseball front office and some pitchers to work on this together to figure out a substance that is widely accepted, but they're not going to be able to get by with no substance from here on out. I've told you my idea from the beginning. This goes back to what we worked together. It was like, bring out a guy with a platter that has sunscreen on it and rosin. So everyone sees it, you apply it, boom, we're done. That's it. That's all you have to do. Someone from Major League Baseball has that, that sunscreen. He's the one that, if, if you want to check him before, do it. Fine, great. But here you go. Apply it as you want. How hard is that? I'm going to do it the way we do it at like a drive through window. Like, you know, a pitcher throws the ball back and he asks for another ball. I want him to throw up the ball. Like, show me two different balls and I'll take a side of sunscreen and bullfrog or, or whatever Dude. it is they've got on the side. Give me a side. The Trevor Bauer just palming a ball, like letting it stick to his hand. Like, he was showing it yesterday before our game. And I'm going, people don't understand. Sunscreen and rosin is not going to make you do that. Sunscreen and rosin is just going to dry out your hand just enough, give you a little bit of moisture, but not like a whole lot. It's going to give you that extra tack, not for spin, but literally for control. Because I'll tell you this right now, position players don't use spider tack. Position players use sunscreen and rosin, especially in cold weather, because it is hard as hell to get a grip on that ball that is already a cue ball. I heard David Ross talking about the same thing, saying as a catcher, he would put pine tar just on his on his shin guard so that if he had to make throws down to second or throws down to third base or make a play, it was more about getting a grip on the ball. Now, if he's smearing the ball well, all over his shin guard, well. that's a little bit different. Catcher's a little sneakier than most. I actually thought about that, too. I was like, I, said, I was like, how much does he need to have? A, I mean, how many times are you throwing down to second outside of in-between innings, you know? It's amazing. Some of these catcher shin guards, you look at it, you're like, ooh, that's a lot. Of, I mean, that looks like my old helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these guys in their, their torched-looking helmets. Manny Ramirez is the king of that thing, man. Uh, anyway, hey, thanks so much, Freddie. Always appreciate talking to you, man. Enjoy the series this weekend, and uh, we'll catch up with you again when we get closer to playoff time, man. Giants and the Phillies in the uh, maybe a wild card game. Uh-huh, maybe yeah. The first uh-huh. division yeah, series sure. matchup. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you later, Freddie. Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Great stuff from Kevin Franzen. I do believe uh, what he's saying is, is going to be true, that we're going to have to dial back at some point the no substance to some sort of appropriate substance, and maybe baseball goes full transparency with it, like he's saying, where they allow every pitcher to come out, and maybe the umpire squirts a little bit of sunscreen into a guy's hand before he cruises out onto the mound and, uh, and mixes it with some rosin. That all remains to be seen, but I do anticipate at some point they're going to have to pull back on some of these restrictions. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening to us. On Monday, we're going to go super local. The SF Glens, the head of the SF Glens, one of my good buddies from college, Mike McNeil, going to stop by. We'll talk about their program, the youth organization, one of the biggest in soccer in the Bay Area, as well as the new complex that they're getting ready to build out on Treasure Island. All things we can talk to Mike McNeil about on Monday. But until then, happy Father's Day this weekend. Enjoy the Giants and the Phillies. We'll talk to you Monday.